Animal Magnetism. Exploring animal care for creatures great and small. Conservation and preservation in today's world. Find out what a single voice can do to make a difference in the lives of animals. Animal Magnetism with Carolyn Hennessy starts right now on UVN Radio. Get up now. I mean, seriously, right? Hello. Yes, and 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 good morning. No, actually, it's good evening, listeners, because because we uh, we tape in the morning, and then we go not live at seven o'clock on on every, every other Sunday. Good morning. Welcome to a brand new episode of Animal Magnetism. I am your animal advocacy host, Carolyn Hennessy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have, uh, in addition to. Uh, the, the wonderful Dr. Gray Stafford, who is, I believe, in, believe, going to get some coffee. Are you back with us, Gray? I am back. Yes, yeah. very exciting. Um, coming at us from just outside of Phoenix. Uh, and Andrea Compton, my producer extraordinaire, who is not with us today because she is running a 5K up in Seattle. God bless. I could maybe walk to the supermarket, and that's it. But Andrea will not be with us today, um, but we love her in absentia. And we have a wonderful friend of the show. This is maybe the third or fourth time you've been back. It's one of those. It's one of those. <laughs> one of the fabulous. She is. He is the hoofstock, which also includes giraffes, um, keeper at our wonderful uh, L.A. Zoo, the, one of the crown jewels in in uh, in the crown that is Los Angeles. Mike Bona, welcome back. Good morning. Thank you so much. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> I know it's good evening. It's a morning for us. Hello. I know, and I and I'm looking at myself, going, okay, um, really. This is the, this is what happens when you go to the wedding of the century, um, and you just wake up the next day. Hello, uh, that, so that's what happens. So I was yes, I was at a wedding at the Houdini Estate, the Harry Houdini Estate last night, which was this. It has become. It's been renovated. It's this wonderful marvel land. Anyway, this is what I look like in the morning. Thank you very much. Um, so we are going to talk all about the AAZK. A conference that's coming up in 2020, the fact that Los Angeles is hosting it, World Giraffe Day, Bowling for Rhinos, the rhino event. We've got so much to talk about, including the new Grevy Zebra that was just announced, just born at the Los Angeles Zoo. So there's things are hopping at the zoo, are they not? It's a very exciting time. Yeah. 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 It's a good, it's a good time to be a zookeeper. <laughs> now, I have to start out, though, because even though I was at the wedding of the century last night, congratulations, Brooke and Mark. Yay! I need to tell you both what I did on Friday, and it doesn't specifically relate to animal advocacy, but in a way it does. I went to Catalina Island, but I did not go to Avalon, where all the tourists go. God bless. I went to the Isthmus, the opposite end of the island, to the uh, Wrigley USC campus for environmental studies. Have you ever been out there? I have not. I've heard about it. Well, I'm going to take you, because... Because I can. And Gray, you might want to get in on these shenanigans too. Because um, the director of the entire operation, a man named Ken, and I I think I've got his card here. I don't even know his last name. It was just a love fest between Ken and I. And um, Tyler Kelly at the zoo with his family. Tyler Kelly is one of our wonderful Glaza board members. And he arranged this for some some of his friends, including a man who has a great relationship and I believe... um, is in business with some sustainable fish fish farms. But we went to see this one particular project, and I'm going to describe it very, very quickly because I could go on and on about it, but it was mind-blowing. We talked about the fact that methane does not simply come from cows, 
right? It comes from, obviously from the bacteria inside the cows and, in, you know, in the cow's stomachs. But the largest producer of methane are the landfills. And the landfills, I mean, the, the amount of food we waste, it's roughly 40% of the food that we, that we harvest in this country, that we create in this country, we waste. Simple as that. And I know that there are people trying to work on this, and one of them is Ken and the USC Wrigley Institute for Environmental Studies. They have not taken any consumable waste off of that island in a year. Even though there's a huge cafeteria and vending machines and these, these, all these grad students and the, prof- and the professors and the doctoral students are eating at this cafeteria, every ounce of consumable food goes into, not the trash cans, but a big box. And at the end of every meal, this box is then taken and placed into another larger box in a refrigerator. And when they get 250 pounds of food, waste food, they take it out to a huge dehydrator $20,000 for this dehydrator I'm, I want I think I want to buy one for the zoo <laughs> and at six hours they put it in this dehydrator they flip the thing on six hours later they've got something that looks like coffee grounds because it's all, everything's been dehydrated but they also keep the water they they are able to ex- sort of you know um, um, separate the water from this this kind of compost and with one treatment, the water that they get out of this food, with one treatment, it can be potable again. So, there, so there's that. They take this compost down to a, like a, uh, a, a shipping container where they've got walls stacked with trays full of black soldier fly larvae. They put this compost in these trays and they just, as, as the larvae grow, they switch them from tray to tray. The larvae consume this, and then the and then whatever's left over, they just fertilize their palm trees. They can sell the compost. Not only that, but then they take the larvae, they dry it, and they sell the dried larvae for fish food, which then we consume, and chicken food. There is not one ounce of methane that is released, and it is a f- complete cycle. And I just walked around asking stupid questions like, you know, I'm sorry, but my, my, my naivete allows, has to, it enables me to ask, why doesn't every home have one of these? Why doesn't every school or college campus or the zoo or what is going on that we don't, because it's, we could, re, we could, re, we could eliminate methane, which is 70 times, roughly 70 times percent, a greater, a greater, uh, you know, pol- pollutant, more than more than CO2 to our ozone layer, to our atmosphere. And it's just, you know, the landfills are just producing methane because it's just stacked, stacked, stacked. And the bacteria that forms methane feeds on any kind of OSE, glucose, fructose, sucrose, you name it. Um, anyway, I was, that was, that was the hot, I'm sorry, Brooke and Mark, it was not your wedding. It was, but that was the <laughs> highlight of my weekend and to see all the other things that they are doing there. Aqua, aquaponics, not, not, not hydroponics, but aquaponics, feeding fish and the, and the, and the wastewater that the fish create go and fertilize, fertilize trays of these plants sitting in this, you know, fish wastewater. It was, it's crazy. I took home scallions and and lettuce. Anyway, that was my, that was my weekend. Did you see, oh, look, you got, you have a picture of it right there. Well, okay. Yes. I, we, we fed live. <clears throat> black soldier fly larvae into that the fish went nuts 
And but they can make black soldier fly, you know, this this dried larvae by the by the bagful. Anyway, that was my weekend, and it was it was a very hopeful spot. Speaking of hopeful spots, um, our recent um, conservation honoree, whose name went just has now gone right out of my head. Who was it at at, at the Beastly Ball? We just oh, uh, uh, Sylvia Earle. Sylvia Earle, Doctor Sylvia Earle, yeah. the Queen of Deep. They call her, I think, the Queen of Deep, right? Because she is she's got, she's logged so many dives and she goes down so deep. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, she's, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Fascinating story and her, her uh, history. Her she's yeah. she's amazing, but she called the Los Angeles Zoo a hopeful as, as a spot of hope, a hope, very a hopeful spot. Now on this planet, which made me very proud to be an ambassador. But let's talk about the Beastly Ball, Gray. You've got to come out for the Beastly Ball one one year. You really do. Have you have you ever been? I've not. I've only. I've lived vicariously through you and your experiences. Yes, we need to see what we can do about that next year. We got to bring Mike, Gray, and Karen out for this Beastly Ball. So let's talk about it because we saw you. You did. You see me. I was working the oh, event. Always. So wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Educating, getting the guests a good time, and yeah. hopefully it sounds like you had a good time. I so had a wonderful time. I guess I did my job. You did your job, <laughs> but you weren't um, um, because the route for the ball. Because sometimes it starts at the top of the zoo and wends its way down. Sometimes yes. it just starts in the middle of the zoo, and you kind of see the elef- you see you see these fabulous elephants in their beautiful uh, elephants of Asia habitat. But this year it was it was uh, the route was different. But so you weren't yeah. you weren't with the zebras or the giraffes. In the past, I have been yeah. with the giraffe, and that's super easy. Kind of talk about giraffes for hours. Uh, this year, I was in front of our uh, North American badger, which is right. <laughs> A wonderful species. I love badgers. Um, I'm not as knowledgeable about them, so I had to do some uh, little research the, the day. But, I was like, what, what do I need to know? But being but, a keeper at the Beastly yeah. Ball, if you're not with the animal that you keep, right. you you are forced. It's like, you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, not sorry. You get a, you know, you have to perforce get a wonderful education about other animals, and you're able to educate us. I, I'm more of a hoofstock expert. You I know, know, badgers, they have claws. What are these That's things? right. Don't <laughs> stick your hand in the cage. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Um, the Beastly Ball, for those who don't know, is the big fundraiser every year for the Los Angeles Zoo. And people come, they eat, we've got restaurants that participate, and but all of the 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 trainers that are there, the handlers that are there, um, are, are talking about all the various animals that, that people will see along the route. And it's, yeah. it's wonderful. How much did we raise this year? Uh, what I hear is $1.2 million. $1.2 million. It's not cheap, but man, <laughs> is it worth it. And the auction items, there's a wonderful silent auction. There's a great live auction. And you get to meet honorees like Dr. Sylvia Earle, whose name, of course, went out of my head because I'm still, I'm still focused on black soldier fly larvae. But... Um, what an amazing story this 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 woman has! Just tr- just tremendous. She does. I'll tell you, my um, I have a ten year old daughter in class. They're they're doing the thing where they have to represent a uh, historical um, American figure, and <gasps> she heard me talking about Sylvia, you know, coming up to the Beastly Ball and hosting it, and she's like, "Oh well, I want to do my report on Sylvia Earl." Good so she's girl. been learning all about her, and I've been learning everything about Sylvia from my daughter, who's doing this presentation next week. So she's very excited. She was named, I believe it was it was some years ago. I think it was Time Magazine. She's the world's first hero of the planet. She got she she had that that honor first. It was I I'm I'm, I'm perhaps getting the wording incorrect, but uh, she, what a conservationist! And she her passion is the ocean. 
God bless. I thought, I listen, I need to get you and Gray and Karen and Dr. Sylvia Earle out to the Isthmus of Catalina. I'm just. I'm, I want to go. I'm, I'm, I'm holding I'm, you to it. I'm. I. You don't need to because I'm going to make it happen. All right. Ken and I. Ken, the director, and I. It's. It was wonderful. So tell us what's going on with the AAZK. So AAZK, the American Association of Zookeepers. I'm the president of our Los Angeles chapter. Uh, there's chapters all throughout the uh, the country and. Uh, Actually, all throughout the world, if you count like Canada and Mexico, I think there's. Let's even, count them. Let's count Canada. I think there's even a chapter in Australia. Fantastic. <laughs> so it, it's, it's expanding, but um, uh, so every year there's a national conference, um, AAZK conference mm-hmm. that keepers throughout the country and the world attend. Mm-hmm. It really helps to improve our skill sets and help us evolve as keepers to take better care of our animals. Exchange ideas. Exchange ideas. What's working, what's not. Exactly. Right. And uh, last year I attended in Denver. The uh, Rocky Mountain AZK hosted an excellent um, event. Uh, they did an amazing job. This year I'm going again to Indianapolis. But what I'm really excited about is yes. next year. Drum roll. Next Drum year. Roll. <laughs> we have the honor of hosting. <laughs> It's uh, an amazing honor. Uh, it's going to be the first time in Los Angeles. And really? it's, How old is this organization? Uh, roughly. R- roughly. I, th- I think it started in the uh, 70s. 70s? But, yeah, and I'm not this sure is how long. the first time Los Angeles well, has our, had our, it? Well, our chapter is relatively young. Okay. So we've been doing it since uh, I think we established in 2007. Okay. So, um, oh, great. So okay. we've been building up to this moment. So it's, it's a huge honor. It's a lot of stress <laughs> seeing everything that goes in. You're going to be stressed to, for the next year. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, it's all going to be for a great cause. Where are you holding it? At the zoo? Uh, or, or at the, like at the convention center? Where? Where uh, we're going to be at the um, uh, Hilton Hotel in Glendale. Oh, where, oh great. Okay. Yes, uh, which they have a, uh, like a, a rooftop recreation area that has a view of downtown L.A. Fantastic. And the zoo. And the zoo. Is, uh, there will be a zoo day for. Uh, keepers of to come, uh, you know, we get to spotlight our zoo and our animals and the, the conservation efforts that we're doing. So it's, it's very exciting. Connie Morgan, bless her heart, just retired as the as the head of Glaza, yes. as president of Glaza, which is the Greater Los Angeles Zoo Association. That's the funding arm. And we're not quite sure who's coming in yet. I don't think it's been announced. No. Our, also, John Lewis, our zoo director, just retired. And so that has not been announced who's who's coming in. We have interim individuals in both of those posts. But I do know, speaking with um, one of the great champions of the zoo, Tyler Kelly, who's also who's on the Glaza board, that the conservation efforts at the zoo are, I mean, I thought they were stepped up before, but they are really apparently going to be stepped up, I guess, Right. Uh, I, I hope so. I'm I, looking forward I, to it. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. <clears throat> Tell us about how we're going to help fund the chapter um, hosting this with so, Bowling for Rhinos. Many fans of our organization may be uh, familiar with our Bowling for Rhinos event that we've had in the past. We've uh, been, ext- I think, over f- about $450,000 raised, just our chapter alone. alone. And keep in mind, this is an event that's hosted all over the country. Um, and we usually come in, like, first, right? We always come in we first. We always come in first. <laughs> Sorry. Well, and, and I think you're bearing the lead there a little bit, Mike, because I was just talking with James Winepress, who's your uh, AZAC Communications Committee chair. Over its history, the program has raised, is it $5 million or $7 million? It's closer to $7 million at this point, and that's since 1990, I believe, it started. 
and that's all to help conserve rhinos and protect them in, the, in their habitat. So that's a that's an astounding amount of money for a keeper association. That's correct. And this is all volunteer-based. So all the keepers that organize this event, we're doing it on our own time after work, lunch breaks, uh, organizing the uh, silent auction and the and the raffles and the sponsorship, getting everything together. And you've been there several years. You're Many. A- I, I think I've been there. I think I've only missed one right. in the last Four or five years, I think I've only missed one, and that's because I was in a play or filming or something like that. But um, I'm putting it down. Let's talk about the date and well, how. But anyway, to, to kind of shift from that, we okay. are uh, kind of shifting the focus this year for our our conference. So it's not for, for rhino conservation. We're hoping to get back on track with that next year. But okay. this year it is July 27th, uh-huh. and uh, we're hoping to um, you know, we're gonna have the same raffle, same sign auction, same fun atmosphere. Right. Um, but yeah, it's going to be focused on um, promoting our promoting the conference. Our, the conference for next year. So, so it won't go. It won't. This the only this year will not go to, yes. for rhino conservation specifically. It will go to hosting a, a, a consortium of great ideas. Great. Yes, and we, we we still need supporters. We still need bowling um, oh, bowlers. Please. You can go to um, losangelesaazk.org for information and to register to bowl or to make a donation. How much is it to, for a for a for a you know a Ten ten pins. What is it? What do they call it? A round of bowl bowling. <laughs> well, it's, uh, a it's, game. A game bowl. It's this two hour shift, so you can fit about you know depending on about teams of six, about two to three games in. Uh, it's uh, oh, thirty five dollars right. a bowler. Thirty five dollars a bowler, yeah. and it goes for an incredible cause. And by the way, I've got to tell you, at is it going to be at Jewel City? Jewel City Jewel, Bowl in Jewel, Glendale. Jewel yeah. City Bowl in Glendale, and they have got some of the best fried bowling food. They've just got great, great bowling food. So it's like, and and wonderful silent auction items. You've got art. You've got jewelry. You've got um, uh, opportunities. You've got wonderful gift baskets. Um, I think like wine and I mean you name it. It's a wide variety. Um, we, uh, I think, almost every year we've had support from Slash from Guns and Roses. Of course, he signed the guitar for us. We have usually have tickets to Disneyland. Uh, an opportunity to be a guest host on Am- Animal Magnetism. Yes, yes, that's true, <laughs> which, which you will be getting again. Yes. And boy, if I can work it out with Ken, uh, maybe a trip to Catalina. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, that would be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. all yeah, right. Definitely. All right, let me see what I can do about yeah. that. No promises, but I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do because I've got an in. I've got an in. So when, when the money is going to rhino conservation, can you talk about some of the specific organizations where that – that money goes. I mean, I know, right, yeah. Yeah, we're supporting rhino conservation in Southeast Asia um, through the Indian, um, um, Indian. oh my goodness, the <laughs> International Rhino Foundation, IRF, um, and through a... It's early, it's early. It <laughs> might, might seem like it's 7.30, but it's not it's, kids. Uh, and, <laughs> and Lewa Wildlife Conservancy in Kenya, Wow. Uh, which is, a, I've been there, it's a fascinating, uh, huge, massive conservancy. They have um, several rhino. They have not had any successful poaching attempts, uh, I think, since 2013 or Knock something crazy wood. like that. Knock oh, they wood. have an amazingly successful um, um, just organization, and they, they do great work protecting their, their wildlife, not just their rhinos, but, you know, elephants, zebras, giraffes, everything right. on, the, on their, their and what's property. And what's this reserve called? It's, it's Lewa Wildlife Conservancy. Right. It, I think, I think we talked to you uh, just after you'd come back. You did, yeah. Just after you'd come back, because you, you, you went there with your wife. Yes. Oh, that was fabulous. Fabulous. 
So, yeah, yeah you, you take me to Catalina, I'll take you that. to Laywell. Please do. <laughs> Please do. Gray, you want in on that? Uh, any trip to Africa, I'm in. Absolutely. Have you been to Africa, Gray? I believe you have. Yeah, we went for my, just prior to my, my big 5-0 birthday. Right. And we went to uh, Tanzania. And uh, it's, it's life-changing. We need to get you back to Africa, Carolyn. We need to get me to Africa, not back to Africa, to Africa. Well, I have never been. And I, I would like to go. It, will I? Because, I mean, Gray saw me. I don't think you saw me yet. But Gray saw me after, oh, this was about, God, coming up on six years ago, right after I'd come home from Cambodia and Thailand. And, uh, and actually, Gray didn't see me. Gray heard me because I would call him in the middle of it going, I'm seeing awful stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I also saw cool. some really wonderful and kind of hopeful and very uplifting things. So I would love to go to, but I'll probably cry the entire way through it. You know, um, if, especially if we go to Botswana. I would like to actually like to go to Botswana and kick some ass because I think maybe the both of you know that they recently lifted their ban on elephant hunting. Thoughts on that, Gray? Well, it was with everything, it's a complex issue. And, uh, you know, I'm not a hunter, uh, but I see value in, in what hunters and anglers bring to conservation, those that do it ethically and legally and morally. Um, and it's... You know, dealing with an animal like an elephant that that crosses international boundaries um, requires everybody in the region to participate and to agree on some sort of consensus. And that that hasn't always happened. And that's why I think we struggle with elephant conservation today. Well, in a country like Botswana, which which is just, as, as I say, lifted the ban on elephant hunting because apparently these elephants are encroaching uh, on uh, into gardens, into farms. And the farmers apparently don't know what to do. So, okay, let's just go out and thin the herd. Whereas those elephants, I believe, could be trans... I mean, it would be some expense, but could be transported to reserves, to preserves, to to areas where the population is less dense. I mean, that's, to me, again, it's my naivete, my, my idealism coming to the fore. And I don't particularly care. I'm not sorry. So... I know it's complex, Gray, but someone, as I, as I said, you know, wondering why we didn't have these, these dehydrators, these massive industrial dehydrators in every home, it's my, my naivete. Someone has to simply say yes. Someone's just got to say yes. You know, yes, we will do this. Well, so. Ken has the format, and we just need to progress That's and right. evolve in the future. That's and, right. And, you know, and... and advance these techniques throughout the, I know, throughout and start, the world. And, and start working with small cities. And in Botswana, they can start working with neighboring countries to transport their elephants. You know, don't shoot them, for gosh sakes. But that's just me. Um, so, that's, a, that's a topic for a, a whole episode or, or 10. Well, I think, I think actually 10. Yeah. And maybe we need to, uh, you, and I can, you, can, you and I can plot that out, Gray. We'll get Mike yeah. involved. We'll get everybody involved. Um, everybody, everybody we've ever spoken to. So you work with the International Rhino Foundation. Yes, is that where the is that in, is that where the majority of the money that we raise for that is that is to be that is to go to rhino conservation? Is that is that where it goes? It's about uh, split evenly between the um, the organizations I, I referred to. Okay, um, IRF is doing a great job protecting the Javan and the Sumatran mm-hmm. rhino, which are as you know critically, critically endangered. endangered. I mean, fewer than 
I used to say fewer than 100. Now I think it's fewer than 80, closer to 50. So they're they're on the brink of extinction. They're doing everything they can to keep the species. How many does the, would you say, the International Rhino Foundation, how many do they look over? Do they oversee? I mean, num- number-wise. Or is it, is it all, just all, all, of all of them? All of them. So, so it, it, was a, it was fewer than 100. Now it's fewer than 80. And that's in what, a year? In that five years, a five-year period? Roughly, yeah. Because, because poachers will still somehow manage a way to find a way to get in. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to poach those animals because they live in such thick um, right. you know, forestation, and there's fewer, so they're harder to right, find. So are we looking at old age? So are we looking at, at... There, there, there are several factors, mostly habitat loss. Right. You, know, you know, Indonesia, it's any, any of these island nations, you know, there's too many people. And, you know, they need... Well, you know what, Gray, you know what Jack Hanna and I say about that. Just keep... I, you know, I, I was wincing here as soon as Mike said that. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, here no. we go. <laughs> here we go. Carolyn's going to talk about the fact that this planet is overpopulated by three times, three times the amount of people. But Mike does bring up a good point that because of their habitat, they are very elusive. Even even the uh, the rangers and the researchers who who are there to monitor and protect these animals rarely see them. They might see evidence of them having passed through. Uh, so that's the good news, that they're, they're very elusive. They're not out on the grasslands like you might see in Africa with white rhinos. Or, so, uh, so they are protected in the sense of where they live, but their numbers are so few and their space is so, so limited now that that's probably the major pressure on them. People. It's just, it's all people. It's all people. Um, let's talk about World Giraffe Day. Well, being a giraffe keeper at the LA Zoo, yes. this is yes. one of my favorite days. Yes. It's, it's, it's June 21st, okay. the longest day of the year. The longest, the, it's, it's, it's the summer solstice. To, to represent the longest neck in the, the ex- <laughs> I love kingdom. it. I love it. Um, that's, that's, that's the ad campaign. We got to start on it now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big supporter of the uh, Giraffe Conservation Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, their goal is to raise a million dollars to, uh, attach, GPS trackers on over 250 giraffes throughout Africa uh, to really help them have a better understanding on giraffe movement mm-hmm. and migration patterns mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really give them better uh, sense on where to you know, use their funds to protect and save these, these animals. You know, it's interesting because we hear about elephant poaching, rhino poaching, but giraffe poaching is, is, is pretty severe. But that's, we don't hear about that as much. And we should because people people poach giraffes for what? Uh, for meat, for bones, for for tail hairs. Their tails have been used as like something as as trivial as like fly swatter. Um, but they're also suffering from you know human encroachment, loss of habitat. Um, they're they're being their habitats being divided and split up and lost. There's been about. 40 percent uh, population decline in the past thirty years. You're kidding. Yes. Um, what are we looking at now in terms of numbers? Do you know? Right now, actually, what I most recently heard is around a hundred thousand, which um, uh, I think a year ago they were saying about ninety thousand. So there's more. I think that from um, what I read on the GCF's website, Giraffe Conservation right. Foundation, it's their uh, census taking abilities have, have improved. They, okay. So it is part of you know part of it is 
providing better protection for them, but also being able to count them more efficiently. So the numbers have not necessarily increased, just the census taking Yes, ability. but that's still, if you put that in perspective, compared to you know, 100,000 giraffes, compared to about 450,000 uh, African elephants, which we all know, I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from the plight of elephants, but they have this the story that people can attach to with right. the ivory trade right. and how that goes to right. front terrorism and, right. and drugs sure. and stuff like sure, that. Sure. And giraffes just don't have that that story, but they're just an iconic animal. And a lot of people think that there's not an issue because for the most part, if you go to Africa, you'll see giraffes if you go to the right place. Right. <laughs> but that's, that's like the touristy places and they want to protect their populations. But overall, you know, they've already gone extinct in about nine nine African countries. Really? Yes. Those, the uh, Giraffe Conservation Foundation works in 15 of the 21 countries are currently, they currently live. And um, they're just trying to learn as much as they can about these animals to have a better understanding of how they can protect them. And I was fortunate enough a little over a year ago to actually work with them in Namibia. And I got to yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's I right. got to Thank attach you. these uh, GPS units on seven of the giraffes oh, out there. Oh, that's wonderful. And I don't know if you're familiar with the geography in Namibia, but we're in the northern part in the Nambi Desert, which is the oldest oldest desert in the world. And it is it's desert. It's like Tatooine or Mad Max, and it's amazing. Such these large megafauna survived there. There's giraffes and elephants and rhino, but their lifeline are these these riverbeds, which are dry for all but maybe a week or two out of the year, but there's an underground water source that the plants and trees survive on. So everywhere else, it's like just sand and dirt. and These great dunes and, but, and things like that? Yes, but uh, you know these riverbeds is where the, the life is, where there's the trees and the, the, the bushes and the, the food that these animals need to survive on. Well, that might also make them easy pickings for poachers. Or are these areas protected as well? Uh, they're not as protected, but they're, they're very isolated, so there's not as many... Um, Poach, poachers out there, but uh, if you saw, um, I think it was the the second Planet Earth series with the uh, the pride of lions were hunting yes. the giraffe. That was filmed out there. Gotcha. And that particular uh, pride of lions were uh, poached by local ranchers in the area. So, which you know, it's you know, human encroachment affects all species. Now, with there being no no lion predators, the trap population is increasing there. But sure. You know, it, it throws off the entire ecosystem when you have that, that kind of situation. I want two questions initially. First of all, what got you interested in giraffes? Why, why the love of giraffes? Because, by the way, people, rhinos and elephants are sexy, absolutely. But giraffe conservation is sexy, too. So it's sexy. So you, you want to be a part of it. Um, and where can people donate for specifically for rhinos and specifically for giraffes? I'm assuming International Rhino Fund but um, or Foundation. Uh, so my, my love for giraffes, and I get that question a lot, and sure. a lot of people assume that I grew up with that uh, fascination, and I, honestly, I, I didn't. It's when I just started, by happenstance, got assigned to work with them at the zoo, and that I just... Really? <laughs> this back in 2005, I really just got you know a, a close personal experience, and I was like, wow, these guys are, are amazing. How did you come and, to work for the zoo in the first place? Uh, well, I went... Th- I've always had a love for animals and exotic animals. Uh, in high school, I, I got my first opportunity to volunteer for an organization working with exotic animals. Um, I grew up in Paso Robles, up near in San Luis County, so a place called Zoo to You. Hey, oh, hey, so you know, David. all yeah. right, let's uh, let's just give a shout out, Gray. You want to do that? <laughs> yeah, of course. Zoo to You uh, is operated by David Jackson and his family, and uh, 
They've been on Animal Magnetism. Of course, David has provided animals for Jungle Jack, for Julius Gardena at SeaWorld. Um, David is a world traveler around Southern California and Northern California and and a neat place. And it's, it's really a reminder how small the zoo world is, isn't it, Mike? It's really small, and um, that I got that opportunity when I was in high school. And David Jackson, you know, pretty much guided the rest of my future. And he said, if you want to work with exotic animals, I recommend going to Moore Park College. Moore Park, out here, of course. Which is, um, it's in Ventura County, mm-hmm. and they actually have a, a like a small five acre zoo on the campus of the college that's run and operated by the students. So it's real. It's a two year program. It's real hands on experience working with exotic animals. One of my dearest friends, Tracy Powell, she is the performing arts teacher at Louisville High School in, uh, in, in Woodland Hills. And one of her dancers, this beautiful girl that was just, I mean, a, and a gorgeous dancer, um, had this an amazing dance career ahead of her. And instead, this is, this is the draw of exotic animals, people. This is why we need to continue to just work to save every last single one of them. She's now at, she's now at Moore Park. She's, she's completely given up dancing. And she's like, you know, holding crocodiles and she's, you know, holding snakes and things like that. She's, and that's, that's the lure. Because once you get around them, I know I would, I, if I could swing it mortgage-wise, I'd be, I'd be helping Miss Vicky and, with Billy all day long or helping you. Right. We have, we have some baby giraffes at the zoo, don't we? Some, uh, some youngsters. Well, we have one that's a year old. A year old. A year old, uh, and she's about ten feet tall. Sure, <laughs> they grow fast. They're six feet tall when they're they're born, about one hundred and fifty pounds, and they can grow about four feet by their first birthday. Wow! So they they grow fast. Any new births on the horizon, or can we or can we discuss that? We probably can't discuss that. Never mind. But we did have. <laughs> yeah, okay, when it happens, you'll know. When it happens, I will know. Yes, I, exactly. You keep threatening to call me as it's happening. I have not been there as it was okay. happening for several years now. Right, so a then. lot of our uh, giraffes, like most animals, they want like a nice, quiet, private place to give birth. I don't care. And uh, so <laughs> it's happened a few times where I've just come in in the morning, do my, my AM animal check, and there's a baby giraffe. There's a baby giraffe. Smiling, waiting for me. I, so. I just love it. Speaking of new new uh, residents of the zoo, we have a new Grevy zebra. Which yes, I have actually seen. Have we named this baby no, yet? No, we have not. Do you know what I think we should... Did I tell you what I think we should call this zebra? Mike? Spot. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> I think we should call the striped baby zebra Spot. I think that would be hilarious. I'm sorry, Carolyn. Gray, you're not allowed to name animals. Gray do, you, Gray, do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy naming the striped zebra Spot? And if not Spot, maybe Star. Or Star. <laughs> I'm not, sure Mike, I'm not sure Mike appreciates our humor. I don't think he does at all. I, 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 yes, that's absolutely true. Well, can I say, we, I had a giraffe uh, born a couple years ago on July 11th, and um, 7-11. 7-11. So um, I named her Sabakumi Namoja, which is 7-11 in Swahili. Well, of course you did. <laughs> and I called her Slushy for short. Slushy? Yeah. Or s- I've seen this. Is that it? Slushy, Slurpee? Slushy, Slurpee, Seven <laughs> well, Eleven. Okay. Whatever All right. they sell there. No, I got that. <laughs> frozen, cherry, frozen cherry slushy. Um, <laughs> I've actually seen the zebra, and she? He, yes, yes, she, she. She is just beautiful. She is. Yeah. And it's our is. first zebra birth, I think, since 1988. Isn't that wonderful? So, and Grevy zebra, they're the most endangered species of zebra. 
Well, well, we've just uh, we've just taken that taken that uh, down a notch, haven't we? Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, let's talk more a little bit about what's going to happen at the conference, and and how exciting this is. First of all, the conference is in Indianapolis this year. This right? year, yes. And so, to kind of take us through. Can you take us through a normal day at the conference, and and how we work to? Uh, there, there's talks, there's lectures um, uh, in every aspect of zookeeping from working with, you know, the animals to working with people to conservation from every different angles from training to marketing, how to get the word out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a big part of our conference being in L.A. and being, being in such a media centric you know, city. It's that true. And we've got banners up and down like Ventura Boulevard, along right along ma- the major thoroughfares for the San Diego Zoo, they don't need any more advertising. We need to figure out how to get our message out. You know, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And I listen. I'm I'm very well aware that the money that's taken in from all the donations it goes to feed the animals. I mean, it, it's you know, no one's making a mint off of this, and so there's very little left over for marketing. Mm. But we really have to figure out how to do that. Mm. Are there? Um, uh, um, um, ZAA and AZA, um, American uh, – what is – AZA is American Zoo – American Zoo Association. American Zoo Association yeah. and the Association of American Zoos, right? A-A-Z-A-A. How about we just stick with ZAA and AZA? Z- <laughs> ZAA, the Zoological Associ- – what, what is it? Zoological <laughs> Association of America? That's right. And I then should, the other I one should. is Association of Zoos and That's Aquarius. That's right. And are, do we have members from both because those are those are public zoos and private zoos? Do we have members from zookeepers from both of those entities, kind of swapping ideas? Because I know yeah, yeah, we do. They like to keep themselves separate, and I'm not for that. Yeah, I so this is uh, focusing like on, on on the zookeepers. So yeah. you have uh, keepers from yeah AZA zoos, um, non AZA from private facilities. Right. You have students. You got people that not, aren't even directly involved with zoos, but want. And when you know, want that to be their future, and they want to learn and expand their knowledge, so there's courses just as as broad as like general like hoofstock husbandry, and as specific as um, you know like mixed avian birds uh, exhibits. <laughs> like, really, which you know is not not really in my line of work, but that you know talk like that would have a pack room full of avian keepers from across the country. So it's very. Very broad and very specific, and you know, as zookeepers, you know, we strive to evolve and and improve our skills, just like zoos are evolving and improving throughout the the years. And we want to, you know, and the only way you can do that, I think, is either with is is with dollars. It's dollars yeah. and cents. That's what it all comes down to, right, Gray? It does. I also think, Mike, you guys might want to consider having, I don't know, a certain actor, author uh, on to talk about her pathway from be an activist to an advocate. Yeah, if you can recommend one for me, Gray, that'd be awesome. You know, I'll, I'll put my thinking cap on and we'll, uh, you know, we'll talk about it in the next few months and come up with an idea. I don't know if you can see Caroline. I think she's having a seizure I'm over having, here. I'm apoplectic. I'm apoplectic. <laughs> me, me, right here, right here. Because here's the thing. It does come down. <laughs> My fee is very reasonable for speaking. It's basically a baked potato. Um, I, I can be had for a baked potato. Um, it comes down to dollars and cents. It really does. Because the more people who know, the more lay individuals who just love the zoo anyway but don't know that where their dollars go or especially in this city are being affected by – the batshit crazy activists who, who 
want to keep people from the zoo. The more that the that the zookeepers in in of any level know that there are ways to get to the public. There are ways to get to those dollars by increasing the bond that people that 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 the public has with the animals at the zoo and the understanding that as a, as as I like to say they are their arcs, their you know stationary arcs of preservation. I think someone call at one of the beastly balls someone who was being honored said, you know, we've only we only know about this one planet. That's it. That's all we know and it's a spaceship. And there are only so many rivets in the spaceship, and uh, if we lose them, and this, this the spaceship's going to blow apart, and we're all going to be gone. And so the zookeepers, the zoo directors, everyone who works at a ZAA or AZA facility, and even some some gray that uh, you know around around the world, gray is a, you're you're a wonderful auditor, a, a vetter for um, Amer- American Humane. And giving that next level of certification, and the more people know about that, I think the more they will want to contribute, so that we will finally get some of these celebrities who don't know about the zoo, but 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 hate the zoo simply because they've been told to by a certain organization that starts with a P, um, to get them in, and then they can spread the word. So it's like, yeah, I'd love to give a talk on how I became, I went from mini many activists to I like to think major advocate I'd be happy to come in and talk and say look this and, is and I and you're absolutely right Carolyn you are not the batshit crazy kind but you 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 yourself admit that you you weren't fully aware of the situation no. that we first brought us together mm-hmm. and and I think you're absolutely right and something for Mike and his program committee to, to consider is keepers are tasked with more to do today than ever before not just providing great care and enrichment and training for their animals but also to safeguard their industry, their, their, their profession from the false information, the lack of proactive information from our community. And, and that's a tall order, but if keepers don't do it, no one else is going to do it. No, for one, else, no one else is going to do it. And, and to be quite honest with you, especially in this city, because the Hollywood voice is laced with insanity. It's just, it is. It's laced with insanity. You're right. And they're really loud at times. Yeah. And, and we, you and I have been out on the front lines at the counter demonstration. Yes. The counter protest. Um, because every time the Los Angeles Zoo has an event, <laughs> a wonderful evening event for the, like the major donors, for, for anyone actually who wants to, wants, I mean, there are... There's like a garden party. There's a wine tasting. There's the beastly ball. You name it. They've got these wonderful evening events and daytime events. And there are these insane protesters who are usually, it's usually all about Billy. It's usually all about Billy the Elephant. Billy is going to be traumatized by the violin music that's playing, you know, a quarter of a mile away. So, yeah, the insanity is rampant. And you and I have have been out there counter-protesting. So it's if, you know, you and I can work together in this city because, again, the Hollywood voice. But the Hollywood voice is national, and they don't know what they're talking about. The amount of husbandry, and I love Lily Tomlin. She is a comedic genius, and her knowledge of animal husbandry could fit on the head of a pin, on the head of a pin. She has no business speaking about something she doesn't actually know about. She really doesn't know about. 
So I would be happy to come and talk about how to get to the Hollywood elite. You know, what are, what's, what are some of the steps, you know, the, to consider? Well, we'd love to have you. I would, yes, well, you <laughs> say that now. Hmm, okay. And how long, how many days is, how many days is the conference? Is it a weekend? Is yeah, it a week? it's about a week. It's about five days. There's Wonderful. pre and post trips that you can extend if you're coming from out of town. Wonderful. So, but yeah, um, you know, it's, it's amazing talking about those crazy protesters and the arguments yeah. they use. And my, my favorite, I just roll my eyes every time, is you defend the zoo and they say, well, you're just in it for the money. I'm like, uh, what? Uh, 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 money. What, what, what money? You, yeah, I know you have an idea what you know, a zookeeper salary I is. Do. But going back to this conference, several of these keepers from all over the country and world that come, they, they're funding their, their own way to, to this trip to broaden their knowledge, to be able to provide better care for the animals that they, they take care yeah. of at their institutions. Yeah. And it's like, it's like well, these animals are, are on display just for profit. It's like, have you ha- – who told you that line to say? Have you lost your mind? There is little profit. There's little profit. Even the zoo directors, forget the keepers, even the zoo directors are not making huge sums of money. They mm. do it because of their... It's a passion. Innate. Yes. It's like they're born with it almost. They're born with this passion for animals and keeping them. And not only that, not just... Not just the little microcosm, the little world that is that arc of hope that is the Los Angeles Zoo. It's now. Can you talk? Do you know? Can you can you even just give us a little spoiler about some of the conservation programs? First of all, that we're doing now. We can talk about those and the ones that are kind of on the table. Do you know? Uh, through the zoo? Yeah. Through the L.A. Zoo? Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what's on the table. Okay. I know that they've have uh, the LA has helped support me with my um, conservation efforts through uh, working with the Giraffe Conservation Foundation. Um, through you've talked with uh, my colleague uh, Roxanne, who's worked mm-hmm. with uh, yeah. uh, Global Conservation Force yeah. in South Africa. Absolutely, we love the Global Conservation GCF. Oh, oh man, yeah. Mike, uh, Mike, Mike Veal, Mike Veal. He's a good friend of mine, he's and he's ju- doing he's, great work. He's terrific. You know, and he's he's a zookeeper. You know, yeah. it's, he's took it to the next level. You know? Listen, he's training. He's it's like it's like it's like you know, G U E R guerrilla warfare. You know, it's like he's training these rangers and and he's he's helping villages and he's providing packs for them and water and you know, he's he's right. heavy our, duty. Socks. Our AZK chapter is doing everything we can to yeah. raise funds for conservation, right. and he's like, well, I'm just going to go. Out to South Africa and do it myself. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so and then I'll bring him, and then I'll bring story. him back here. I have been asked so many times. Well, and not only that, I have been asked. I've threatened to go down to. Um, I guess it's it's not San. It's it's um. Where did Nixon? What was is, the Nixon's Southern uh, White House? What's it called? Was it San Clemente? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, San, San Clemente, Oceanside, where he trains and do and be a train and go through the training for one day. I have a feeling it would kill me, because you know I'm, I, I'm, I would, what these people have for, to go through. From what I learned today, you can't even run a five k. So I can't. Might. Even, I, no, I can walk a five k. I can. I can walk to Starbucks. That's what I can do. Um, yeah. I, I can, okay. All right. Have, I got to stop you there because you you do trapeze. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, so come on. That's true. That, 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 Although on. I will say this. Um, apropos of nothing, um, it's been four months since I've done the trapeze because I'm, I'm in physical therapy for my shoulder and the trapeze was just set back up today. They were down for a little while, set back up today and I'm not going to be there. It's like, ah, but that's okay. Um, wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. So where can people donate? 
to uh, World Giraffe Day? Where can people donate to Bowling for Rhinos? Um, what's the minimum? I mean, you can you can donate a dollar for heaven's yeah. sakes, but if you want to come and participate, and it's again great fun, great teams. You can get you can have a team shirt. I've got still got my team shirt. I will be probably on your team this year, um, and great food and a great cause. Great silent auction items. Where can they? Where can people go to donate to all, everything? Uh, to register to donate, all that information is found at our website, Los Angeles AAZK org. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, um, AAZK Los Angeles. We're on all the social medias. Okay. Um, you can go there to donate, to register, look for our any of our other events. Um, I, I typically have a. Uh, draft fundraiser event that's kind of been had a little setback so that will be up and running once I know the dates and details that'll be on our website fantastic fantastic uh, but, a prelim- preliminary date looking at like what September October what what are we looking at uh, well I, ideally I like to do it around um, World Draft Day but I don't know if that's going to happen so maybe late maybe after our bowling event okay. later in the year okay. but um, right. the details will be on there but I do a, a comedy show last for drafts that's right, you do. Let's talk about that for just a moment. Uh, well, uh, hopefully I'll get back on track this year, but for the past uh, three years, um, yeah, it's a stand-up comedy show. I've had some wonderful local um, comics come and support and donate their time to oh, to make people laugh, and uh, we raise uh, money for Giraffe Conservation Foundation. Where do you Foundation. hold that usually? Uh, last year I was at Malibu Wines. Oh, wonderful. And, and this year we... Uh, uh, Plan on, on doing it at the same location, and Great. once everything is uh, set, that will be on our website and on our social media, so we'll get so, the word out. So many opportunities to donate, folks, really, and i got to tell you something. If you have a spare quarter, because those quarters add up, they really do, so donate whatever you can, because it's not just helping the animals. We're saving ourselves, because when they go, we go. It's just that simple. When they go, we go. So donate whatever you can. Gray, last thoughts? No, just amazing, amazing conversation. And, and really just to underscore that giraffe, because of their very nature, are silently going extinct. So all the work that Mike and his crew and the, the keepers around the country, they're doing, because there are a lot of those local chapter events going on this time of year. It's all great stuff. And so anything people can do to contribute, as you say, is worthwhile and, and has an effect in the wild. Yeah. Thank you, Gray. And he's right. If you're not in the L.A. area, look for your own local zoo. See if they have a chapter and see what they're doing and support them as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, if you have a local zoo, support it, period. Go. Go. And I'll tell you this. This is what I always admonish my fabulous audience. If you think you see something wrong at your local zoo, grab someone and say, I think this is wrong. And have them explain to you why it isn't. Or if they say, you know what, you're right. Then, then you have you have set a set in, you know hopefully a chain reaction and it'll, and say and I want this fixed if this is not right I want this fixed in the otter exhibit I want this fixed in the, it's like and ju- and 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 explore and learn and research but talk to your local zookeepers go to your local zoo support 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 so there you go exactly all right I have now uh, that is so anyway great as always <laughs> my bestest pal he's just my bestest pal. Um, thank you so much, my dear, for, for, for being on. I will let you get, get on with your morning. Always a pleasure, my dear. You look great. And uh, good to see you on GH. And, uh, right. Oh, keep watching. Credits. Keep watching. I guess I'm, Diane is in the opening credits now. It's a little late, but it's fantastic. Well, I have to, I have to actually check it out myself. 
It's I was stunned when I heard that. You know the the kind of the opening picture role for. Yeah. Now, do you, you of course you watch General Hospital. Uh, Never mind. Yes, <laughs> anyway, yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes. Uh, so naturally, my favorite. You, yes. Yeah. yeah my, yes. Um, every uh, night. I've every you 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 record video yeah yeah you recorded um yes I'm in the opening credits thank you Frank Valentini executive producer thank you thank you ABC um so yes but watch there's more Diane coming up more there's a lot more Diane coming up um thank you my dear thank you so much for being we'll see you in two weeks yes oh yeah yeah talk to our friends uh, in San Diego and our, talk to our friends in San Diego yes from SeaWorld um, one of the well, also one of the great jewels of preservation on this planet um, Mike Bona hoofstock extraordinaire uh, giraffes um, you will let me know when there's hopefully a birth that maybe I can come and watch you're on my I speed dial s- I know I better be I better be I better be first um, thank you so much well what, uh, my wife's first I can't put- <laughs> Fine, I'll take it. Um, uh, thank you so much for being with us. You'll, and of course, you're going to come back on again. I don't even have to ask. And I, we, I don't think I have a choice. No, you really you don't. You threatened me at Beastly Ball. You really don't. You really don't. <laughs> I threatened you. Uh-huh. Okay. I really want to come, come and talk about World Draft Day. Oh, okay. Fine, fine, fine. Throttle back. No, and we'll talk about maybe, um, you know, a 15-minute talk at, uh, at, the, at the conference. I'm sure you can do more than 15. I can talk, please. I could probably also do stand-up. Do you do stand-up? I do not do stand up. Ha <laughs> ha! Chicken. Okay, we will um, we will talk later. For everyone out there, what an amazing show! Uh, kind of, it wasn't really all over the map. It was all over the Zoom map in a way. But uh, and uh, you're right, Gray. It was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. We've learned a lot today, and we've also learned where to donate, how to donate, where to go. Um, come and bowl. I will be there, General Hospital fans. I will be bowling, unless I'm out of the country on a film. <laughs> I will be uh, I will be bowling, and 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 eating uh, and eating chicken wings. So you will know where to find me on July twenty seventh. Okay, at the Jewel City Bowl in Glendale. Thank you again. Thank you both of you, Andrea. We have missed you uh, a great deal, but uh, we know you are uh, having great success with your five k. All right, listeners. You have your, yeah, yeah. You have your tasks. You have your ad- admonition. Go to the go to the zoo, go to the zoo, pre- and, and donate some money and preserve an animal. Uh, and remember, I am I am your host, Carolyn Hennessy. Thank you for joining me for this a- episode of Animal Magnetism. We of course will see you in two weeks. And remember, in everything you do, attempt to cultivate the preservationist heart. It will it will never lead you astray, and you will earn big big karma points. We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks. Bye bye. Something tells me it's all happening at the zoo. I do believe it, I do believe it's true